Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Let's get into the Word of God. Deuteronomy 15, verses 12 to 18. Deuteronomy 15, 12 to 18. When I tell you, listen, every week I labor with great intensity to put together a Bible study and the sermon for Sunday morning. But when I tell you I worked hard, on this one today. Uh, so I'd appreciate it if you would really hear and heed this one today, every Sunday, every Wednesday actually, but this one here, my God. Uh, but God came through. I believe that there's something to be said that's gonna bless you, especially our young people who are on the come up. Uh, this whole Deuteronomy series, really, I want our young people, especially high school students, young adults, college students, young adults, and everything like that to, uh, to really get this Deuteronomy series because Deuteronomy, is a written record of Moses talking to an up-and-coming generation that's about to go and get it. They're about to go and live their lives and go and do their thing. So with that in mind, Deuteronomy chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. And if thy brother, an Hebrew man or an Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. And when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock and out of thy floor and out of thy winepress. Of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give unto him. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore I command thee this day, and it shall be if he say unto thee, I will not go away from thee, because he loveth thee and thine house, because he is well with thee. Then thou shalt take an awl and thrust it through his ear unto the door, and he shall be thy servant forever. And also unto thy maidservant thou shalt do likewise. It shall not seem hard unto thee when thou sendest him away free from thee, for he hath been worth a double hired servant to thee in serving thee six years. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all that thou doest. Amen. I want to talk this morning from the thought, six years a slave master. Six years a slave master. Moses knew uh, that would happen for some of the Israelites going into Canaan. Some of the children of Israel going into Canaan were going to one day experience overwhelming debt. They would not get into debt as a result of running up credit card accounts with Visa or Nordstrom or Belk or Best Buy or Amazon. Debt would happen, but it wouldn't be due to student loans from matriculating through Canaan State University. Student loan debt is real especially for African-Americans. There are studies published that show how student loan debt hits different in black households than in white households. Debt is going to happen for this generation of Israelites 
going into Canaan, but it won't be the result of racking up medical bills from the Canaan Medical Health Center and the anesthesiologist at the center and the surgeon who performed the surgery. It kills me how medical professionals get you, man. All of them get you. Debt was going to happen very likely due to borrowing against anticipated crops. Thomas Jefferson is credit, credited with saying, never spend your money before you have it. But they'd borrow in order to farm or whatever they needed to do in order to eat and live. So many of them would make arrangements to pay back what they borrowed with crops they expected to harvest. But they wouldn't expect famines, droughts, plagues, or pandemics that would detrimentally impact their harvest or totally devastate it. Wives wouldn't expect their husbands, the only breadwinner in many instances, to die and leave the wife, the widow, and their kids to pay back his debts that they wouldn't be able to pay. Moses spoke to this generation headed into the promised land knowing some of these young adults are going to experience overwhelming, unforeseen debt. Being in such a situation and not being able to repay the debt was a situation one wanted to seriously avoid. But financially overwhelmed, or being financially overwhelmed can make you emotionally overwhelmed. Being financially overwhelmed can make you emotionally overwhelmed. Henry Wheeler Shaw said, debt is like any other trap, easy enough to get into, but hard enough to get out of. Debt in some instances is linked to depression, anxiety, and in extreme cases, suicide. From uh, CNBC, there's a uh, they refer to a financial coaching company in one of their articles, uh, this financial coaching company called Student Loan Planner. They did a mental health and student loan debt uh, survey and found that they are inextricably linked. And here are three key findings from the study that they did in the correlation between mental health and student loan debt. They said 53% of high debt student loan borrowers have experienced depression because of their debt. Nine in 10 borrowers experience significant anxiety due to their loan burden. One in 15 student loan borrowers surveyed have considered suicide due to their student loans. Let me, I just got a text from the Holy Ghost. Listen, to all of my high school seniors, don't be afraid to take out loans. Everybody ain't dying from student loans. If that's how you got to pay for that tuition, buy all that money, and you pay Auntie Sally or Auntie Fanny as soon as you, as soon as you get that degree. God acknowledged persons dying in debt had a way out, and that way out was slavery. If a person could not afford to pay their debts, they would serve their creditor for six years to pay it off. This was a serious issue, so serious, in fact, if a debtor's house or land was not enough to cancel his debt, he and his whole family would be sold as slaves. African-American scholar Dr. Oberry Hendricks, in his book, The Politics of Jesus, posited that if a debtor's house, land, and family weren't enough to settle his debt, the creditor, the creditor would also take his neighbors as slaves. Can you imagine being taken into captivity because your neighbor didn't pay their bills? This had gotten so bad in the time of Jesus that one entire village was empty for people either becoming enslaved for their own debt or leaving town uh, to keep from becoming one or simply committed suicide to avoid slavery. Slavery was serious. 
Six years as a slave to their creditor was a way to pay off their debt. The creditor, or rather the debtor, the debtor would become their creditor's property. They performed household or farming duties. They, uh, some slaves who, who became so uh, as prisoners of war were forced to carry out building projects and agricultural programs like these folks' ancestors in Egypt. They had market value and could be bought and sold. The slave was a form of currency and could be passed on as an inheritance. The freedom and independence they once enjoyed would be lost. They wouldn't be allowed to come and go as they pleased. They were subject to their master's will. Although Moses here commands the Hebrews to provide humane treatment to any fellow enslaved Hebrews, sometimes this was not the case. Female slaves would become concubines. If the female slave's master could not have children, her slave would have a child for her. Remember the drama between Sarah, Abram, and Hagar? Rachel and Leah gained sons through their slaves, Bilhah and Zilpah. Male slaves would suffer abuse while nothing happened to their master. Women would become concubines. Slavery was nothing you wanted to be a part of. You wanted to avoid it at all costs. The slave could sometimes be treated as if they were on the bottom of the social totem pole. Yet there were others who were treated as if they were part of the family. The males were circumcised and included in some religious rituals. Slavery, y'all, was a mechanism to pay a debt owed to a creditor. We have mechanisms as well. Consolidation loans can prove helpful, but we also have the B word, bankruptcy. Bankruptcy affords some, someone overwhelmed with debt a way to protect certain assets and make arrangements to pay off some of or all of their debts to their creditors. Sometimes bankruptcy may be one's only option to deal with the raging waters of debt. Whether the debt is due to careless, foolish spending or unforeseen stuff like or from life happening, uh, uh, bankruptcy is a way out. And life does happen, doesn't it? Our young folks on the come up need to understand that life happens and that what Moses is getting at, sometimes life happens and you end up drowning in debt. Do all you can to prevent it. Do everything you can to prevent becoming so overwhelmed with debt that you can't find your way out. But life can still happen. Student loans to repay after you graduate while you're still looking for a job, that can happen. Medical bills you never, you never saw coming or a global pandemic none of us ever saw coming or unemployment that certainly wasn't on your radar can ruin your finances. But they don't have to ruin your future. You can develop an additional stream of income and work to get out of debt. Bankruptcy is also an option and is not the end of the world. In the text, Moses is telling the people of God that they had six years to get their slaves to work off their debt. And some of you need to give your slave masters notice that there's a date coming that they're going to have to release you. I'll get more to that in a minute. But we have modern day slave masters. We, we have modern day slave, slave masters like student loans and title loans and high interest, high interest credit cards and loans. Or the IRS or medical bills. Uh, and keep your eye on those 90 or 180 days same as cash or one year interest free uh, situations because after the interest free uh, period is over, you're probably looking at close to 30% interest on what's been borrowed. 
And as now as we are now in tax season, I think twice about having your taxes done at those places that guarantee those tax refunds of thousands of dollars because you're actually borrowing money in anticipation of getting a refund from the IRS. Slave masters are everywhere. Anyone enslaved to and overwhelmed by debt can find tremendous help in today's text. Being financially overwhelmed can make you emotionally overwhelmed. But God has developed a plan for his people to overcome financial overwhelm. You need to see light at the end of the tunnel and press your way to the other side of overwhelming debt. Hear what Moses says to you today. At God's appointed time of six years, masters were to release their enslaved brethren who chose freedom with plenty resources to help them start over. That's the sermon right there. That's the whole message in a sentence. Uh, at God's appointed time of six years, masters were to release their enslaved brethren who chose freedom with plenty resources to help them start over. There comes a time, y'all, when those enslaved to and overwhelmed by debt can rebound from such bondage, empowered to regain their independence and sense of ownership. I want to say that again. There comes a time when those who are enslaved to and overwhelmed by debt can rebound from such bondage, empowered to regain their independence and sense of ownership. How can anyone enslaved to debt emerge free from it and empowered to begin again? That's a great question. I'm glad y'all asked. Three things real quick. We're going to raise up. Number one, put a date on it. That's the first thing I want to tell you. Put a date on it. Somebody holler. Put a date on it. I'm in verse number 12. Look at verse 12. Moses tells them there's a date on it. Look at verse 12. And if thy brother, an Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. Moses made it clear that those who would one day be slave masters would have six years to collect their debt. Either at the end of six years or sometime into the seventh year of servitude, the debt had to be canceled. This should have certainly kept a light at the end of the, of the debt tunnel for the slaves. Knowing that the day would come when the slavery would end should have kept hope alive for anyone who had been dying in debt. Knowing that the slave masters only had six years to work the person who owed them the debt should have had the slaves saying to themselves, as soon as I can get out of this situation, I'm gone. They should have served with a date in their mind when slavery would come to an end telling everybody, you just wait, as soon as these six years are over, as soon as the, as the clock strikes the midnight of my last day, when I tell you I'm going to be gone so quickly y'all gonna be wondering what happened to clock y'all gonna i'm gonna be going so fast y'all might forget that i was ever even there somebody needs to put a date on it so my encouragement to everyone enslaved and overwhelmed with debt put a date on it don't say no one understands your situation Put a date on it. Don't say there's no way it can happen that you would get out of all the debt that you're in. 
Put a date on it. If it's six years from now, set February 14th, 2027 as your date. If it's December 31st, 2021, set that date. If it won't happen until July 1st, 2022, set that date. If it won't be until you turn 40 or 45 or 60 or whatever, set that date. You need a date as to when your slave masters must let you go. And tell your slave master, your slave masters. I'm through with you come January 1st, 2022. I'm through with you come 2025. I'm through with you by my 35th birthday, my 45th birthday, my 60th birthday, my 75th birthday. That I'm through with you. Put the date on your calendar. Come out of that situation. No more mortgage. No more car payments. No more student loans. No more credit card debt. No more gambling debts. No more any kind of date debt. I'm telling you, put a date on it and declare, I'm coming out of this situation i'm putting a date on it i'm putting it on my calendar i'm putting it in my phone i'm gonna write it on a sticky note and put it on my mirror on my refrigerator i am coming out of all of this overwhelming date put a date on it and tell your slave master bye-bye bye-bye to all my income going towards bills bye-bye to all my income going towards the creditors bye-bye to all my money being gone and i got more month left at the end of my money bye-bye set that date but there's another date I want you to set there's another date I need you to set in addition to putting a date on when you'll be released from the bondage to your slave masters put a date on when you're going to stop being in bondage to your emotions and feelings and worrying about your money put a date on when you're going to stop feeling miserable put a date on when you're going to stop being depressed put a date on when you're going to stop being anxious because of your finances put a date on when you're going to stop feeling helpless that day can be today did you hear what I said I said that day can be today when you say bye-bye to worry bye-bye to depression that day can be today where I say bye-bye to staying up all night that day can be today life happens debt happens but you don't have to be emotionally enslaved because your money ain't coming like it used to when Jesus told us not to worry about what we're going to eat or where, he knew that pandemics could happen. When he told us our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we even ask for it, he knew unemployment could happen. Put a date on when you're going to stop giving in to worry and hopelessness and trust God to see you through. And that day can be today. But when we talk about putting a date on it, Moses knew that there are two types of slaves. Slaves who will one day be free and those who will be enslaved forever. It's in the text. Look at verse 16. Look at verses 16 and 17. Verses 16 and 17 says, And it shall be, if he say unto thee, if the slave says to the slave master, I will not go away from thee because he loveth thee and thine house, because he is well with thee. Then thou shalt take an awl and thrust it through his ear unto the door. This is believed to be the beginning or the origin of the meaning of ear piercing. To have your ear pierced back in that day and time meant you were somebody's slave. Thou shalt take an awl, thrust it through his ear unto the door. He shall be, verse 17, he shall be thy servant forever. Is that in your Bible? Forever. And that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you 
And also unto thy maidservant thou shalt do likewise. There are two types of slaves, y'all. Those who will one day be free from overwhelming financial bondage and those who will be financially enslaved their whole lives. Some slave masters will have a grip on people's finances forever. And it will be because of the same reason in the text. Here it is. Because they're straight with living as a slave. They're all right with being, a, being enslaved financially. They're okay with, with, with being someone else's property. They're okay with being taken care of and free from independence. They could remain enslaved forever if they so desired. Whether it was because of their love for their master or to remain with their wife and kids, they choose to remain enslaved. They were okay with how things were in their lives. Some folk never become financially free because they never get sick and tired of being broke enough to make the necessary moves to be free. So those of you, those of us who are enslaved to financial debt, which kind of slave are you? Are you the type to emerge free as soon as possible or will you be in financial bondage forever? Sometimes your language gives you away. If the words, everybody ain't got it like that, keeps coming out your mouth, you're probably going to be enslaved financially forever. How can anyone enslaved to debt emerge free from it and empowered to begin again? Put a date on it is the first thing I tell you. Second thing I tell you is get your stuff. Get your stuff. Get your stuff. I'm in verses 13 and 14. Get your stuff. When thou sendest him out free from thee, this is to the slave master, then shalt, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock. And out of thy floor and out of thy winepress of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee shalt thou give unto him. When the six years were up and the slaves were set free by their slave masters, they didn't leave empty handed. They received reparations. Let the church say reparations. They received reparations from the slave masters. It was it's in the Bible. They received rep. Let the church say reparations. They they received reparations from God ordained for the slaves to receive reparations uh, before they left their their slave master. They received reparations to help them rebound and begin again. These reparations came from three places. One, it came out of thy flock. God told them through Moses, give them a little something out of your flock. Sheep, sheep were used for meat and their wool was for garments. So in other words, the slaves emerged with stuff that fed and covered them. The meat would promote good health and the garments from their wool provided covering. Emerge, I want to encourage you to emerge with the same. Come out of your financial overwhelm with good meat of God's word. Come out of your financial overwhelm covered with health insurance, life insurance, and stop riding dirty with no car insurance. Get your stuff. Somebody needs to type in the comments. Get your stuff. Get your stuff. Get, get, get the stuff out of the flock. Then secondly, he said, give them stuff out of thy floor. This would be the threshing floor. The threshing floor is where grain uh, would be taken into this, this process and, and pressed or, uh, uh, and, and processed for food. So this is the place where they would get grain. So God is telling the slave, those who would become slave masters, when you set your slaves free, give them some of your flock, but at the same time, give them some of your grain, some of your food. The slaves then emerge to their freedom with more food to sustain them as they began again. They didn't have junk food. Rather, they had nourishing, healthy food to help them begin again. We don't need junk food in our minds and our spirits. This can continually impregnate and perpetuate poverty. 
say that again. Junk food in your mind, junk food in your spirit can continually impregnate and perpetuate poverty. You don't read the right stuff. You don't watch the right stuff. You don't have the right conversations. You can you can take junk food into your spirit. You may not you may stop saying everybody ain't got it like that. But if you talking to your broke friends and, and, and you telling them about what what your what your well to do friends are doing and the advice that they're giving you and they're and they're saying but everybody ain't got it like that. You may need to get you some new friends. That kind of conversation cannot nourish you and strengthen you and move you up. Get some nourishing, healthy food in your mind, in your spirit, so that you are not continually impregnating and perpetuating poverty. Get what makes your body and your spirit healthy. Get your stuff. Third thing, third thing I tell you with, with getting your stuff is Moses told them, get stuff, give them stuff out the wine press. Give them stuff out the wine press. Wine press is, guess what they made? Guess what they made in the wine press? They made wine in the wine press, but they also made olive oil. They made wine. They put it in the wine press where they would literally stomp it until the juices came out. In the Old Testament, though, wine was not a normal table beverage. Maybe in New Testament times, wine was more of a regular beverage. But in the Old Testament times, especially in this time, wine was not a a, a daily beverage. It was for special joyful occasions. It was for feasts and special banquets. It was considered a blessing from uh, it was considered a blessing to 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 make your to make your heart glad along with grain and oil. So when God told them, give them something out of your wine press, he's telling them, give them some wine and some olive oil. Now, we know that the olive oil represents the anointing. Do what you can so that they are spiritually empowered to destroy yokes and lift heavy burdens from their lives through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But, oh, don't be afraid to, to get a little wine before you come out of your situation. Get fresh anointing that, that's represented in the olive oil in your life, but also get some wine. Not, I'm not telling you to get drunk, but get your stuff that helps you begin again with gladness anticipate when God told them give them something out of your wine press again wine was something for special occasions so God is telling the slaves when you come out of your slavery expect some good times to come your way expect some times of celebration and rejoicing to come your way and have something in your bosom with which to celebrate anticipate anticipate that the fi- that the past of financial bondage will be behind you and the future of financial fruit financial freedom will be for you and your family get your stuff in your mind that helps you anticipate good days of freedom in your future so the slaves emerged from freedom with resources that were good for their health kept them covered and had them had had them with an anticipation of celebration ahead of them Maybe you missed that. Let me say it again. The slaves emerged with stuff that, that, that gave them financial freedom and resources that were good for their health. It kept them covered and gave them an anticipation of celebration ahead of them. And that's the kind of stuff you need. What kind of stuff, Pastor Clark? You need the kind of stuff that are resources for good health, keeps you covered, and helps you anticipate celebration ahead of you. Get your stuff. Get that kind of stuff. Stuff that gets you has your mind right get that kind of stuff that has your spirit right get that kind of stuff that has your vision right get that kind of stuff that has your dream right get that 
kind of stuff that has your walk with God right. Get your stuff that gets your priorities right. Listen, before you get out and understanding that your day is going to come, when you're going to get out of this situation, make up in your mind, when I come out of this, I'm going to have my stuff. I'm going to have my stuff. I'm going to have my stuff. The conversations you need to be having. Get your stuff. The prayers you need to be praying. Get your stuff and be advised. The devil does not want you to get your stuff. Oh, no, the devil. The devil don't want you to get your stuff. The devil wants you to remain in bondage. The devil wants you to remain overwhelmed and in financial bondage. But you've got to get your stuff. Stuff that will renew your mindset. Stuff that will transform how you look at money in ways to generate income and business you have you have inside of you. Don't let the enemy or any negative thinking people keep you from getting your stuff. And one more thing before I move on. One more thing before I move on. Listen, the text tells the slave owners the, the slave masters to give the slaves this stuff but the stuff I'm talking about can't nobody give it to you you got to go get it Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in one in one speech that he made he talked about how uh, we, we got the Voting Rights Act and we got all of these policies and things uh, uh, done through uh, through legislative process what he said is some stuff you know they, we were called Negroes back then he said there are some things that the Negro that, that no one can give the Negro somebody listen there's some stuff that we've we've got to go get ourselves and this stuff that I'm talking about you got to go get it yourself the word of God you got to go get it yourself oil of gladness you got to go get it yourself wine and anticipation of good times you have got to go get it yourself when our ancestors were freed from slavery by God using the emancipation proclamation we got nothing to help us begin again and modern day slave masters don't have anything for you either the stuff you need you've got to go and get it yourself so go get it Go get it and let nothing hold you back. Get your stuff so you can begin again. And finally, finally, in answering the question, how can anyone enslaved to debt emerge free from it and empowered to begin again? Number one, put a date on it. Number two, get your stuff. And then number three, know your worth. Know your worth. Put a date on it. Get your stuff and know your worth. I'm in verse 18 and we're going to wrap this up. Verse 18. It shall not seem hard unto thee, Mr. Slave Master, when thou sendest him away free from thee, for he hath been worth a double hired servant to thee in serving thee six years. Moses told the slave masters not to feel bad about freeing their slaves after the six years were up. They were not to feel as if they didn't get their money's worth out of the servitude. The slave masters were not to disregard the value of the work the slaves put in. Moses said the slaves were worth twice the value of hired servants. This estimation, this estimation could be due to the slaves working twice as long each day as hired servants. It could be that the slave worked twice as hard as hired servants. Uh, perhaps it was because in some instances, hired hands would only work for three years where the slave put in six years. Or maybe it was because the slave master didn't have to pay the slave any wages. The slave was simply working off a debt. Nevertheless, the slave's work was to be appreciated and deemed valuable, twice that of a hired servant. Slaves were looked down upon in society. They were at the bottom of the barrel. So don't, don't disregard your value. Know your worth. 
Your worth, listen, your worth as a human being is not tied to your net worth. Your worth as a chosen child of God is not tied to what you can or cannot afford. Your value as a saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, blood washed, heaven bound follower of Jesus is not tied to your credit score. Know your worth. Being homeless does not make you worthless. Filing bankruptcy does not mean your life is no longer worth living. There is life after bankruptcy. Foreclosures and repossessions does not mean you must turn a blind eye to your visions and dreams. Know your worth. Because you take a risk, y'all. You take a risk when you disregard your value. You risk losing your hope, your dignity, your self-esteem, and even more so, your confidence. One thing you're going to need, getting about the hellhole that you're in, you need some confidence. Can I get a witness here today? You risk wasting all of that. You risk wasting time, feeling down rather than looking up and seeking God for how he's going to bring you out of that bondage and put you in a place that blows your mind. You take a risk when you disregard your worth, when you feel as though you could never become a lender rather than a borrower, a tenant rather than a landlord. Now, I need everybody streaming. I need everybody streaming who used to be a tenant, but now you're a landlord. I need you to type that in the comments for everybody to see. Just type, I used to be a tenant. I used to pay rent. I used to sign the lease as a tenant, but now I'm a landlord. I, and now we got some in this church. I need you to type in those comments. I used to be a tenant, but now I'm a landlord. And as a matter of fact, we have some people in this church who used to be tenants, but now not only are they landlords, they are land developers. I don't need you to expose yourself. I know who you are. <laughs> and believe me when I tell you, there are some people in this congregation who used to be tenants, but now they are not only landlords, they are land developers. I got a friend, y'all. I got a friend. Uh, sometimes your conversations with your friends can just elevate your thinking. I got this one friend. We were having dinner one night. This is years ago. He said, David, man, look. If I, if, if I can't put my hands on $150,000 liquid, I feel like I'm broke. I was thinking, and I, and I couldn't front, like, I feel you, dog, I feel you. I couldn't even front, like, I know, right? I, I couldn't even front, Dick. I couldn't even front. I was like, dang. In my mind, I was like, I, I wonder if I got $150 anywhere. I, he said, if I can't put my hands on $150,000 quickly, I feel like I'm broke. The same guy, same guy. Traveling around, rolls up in this brand new subdivision. They got one house up. He goes in, he buys that house. Partners with friends of his and buy all the rest of the lots in the subdivision. That's thinking on a whole different plane. Thinking on a whole different plane. Sometimes, y'all, it's... It's the people that you're talking to that make you, make you see what you see. Some of you are no longer tenants. You're, de you're developers. So you cannot afford to risk living with no vision. You cannot afford to live as though you can never raise your credit score. And I know this ain't all this. I, I, know, I know what you want. 
You want someone who's going to preach to you and tell you in three days, God is going to turn it around. If you pray this next praise, this next praise, this next shout, if you shout loud enough, God said, he's going to turn your fight. You're going to get a check in the mail. God said in seven days. Listen, let me tell you something. God ain't going to do nothing in these three days. God may not do anything for you in seven days unless, unless you get your taxes done in three days and you get a tax refund. Unless, unless you're getting paid, unless, you, unless you're a landlord and you got some, some, some rental income coming, let me tell you something. Let me, listen to me. We, we as black people have a history of wanting to be told something that gives us this emotional lift in believing that God is going to do all we need done to get us out of the financial mess that we put ourselves in. I'm here to tell you as a living witness that some, some of the financial overwhelm that we need to get out of won't happen without vision, faith in God, and hard work. Get that credit score up. You get that credit score up. If your credit score is not at least 700, I want you to work on getting that credit score up over seven. And then when you get it over seven, I want you to work to get it over 800. Don't tell me you can't do it. It may take you five years to get stuff out your baby cousin name. It may take you, it may take you seven years to get your stuff that your mama put you in, your daddy put that you didn't even know until you turned 22. Get that credit score up. Get that credit score up. Do you hear what I'm saying? You cannot afford to live as though you will never be financially free. You're too valuable for that. You are too valuable for that. Know your worth and know the worth of your time. Time is your most precious commodity. Don't waste it. In fact, some of y'all need to hear this. Stop wasting it. Stop wasting it talking to folk who ain't got nothing. Stop wasting it talking to folk who have no vision, no dream, no plan. Stop wasting time. Listen, use time to learn the tricks, tools, and tactics of people who emerge from situations just like yours and moved on to bigger and better things. Use time to emerge from your slavery wiser. Wiser so that you know a scam when you see one. Wiser so that you know the difference between a good deal and a bad one. Use your time to learn better places to put money than in a bank. Use your time to learn there are better things to do with tax refunds and stimulus checks than to buy hair or Jordans or rims for your car. I was watching a video. I'm done, y'all. I was watching a video yesterday, watching a couple of them. This one guy says he took his stimulus checks and bought some stocks. Not socks. Stocks. He took him and his wife's stimulus checks, $2,400, put it in stocks, and in three weeks turned that $2,400 into $8,500. Listen, your stimulus checks, your tax refund, don't put it on your head. Don't go get that, that $400 or $500 uh, Ferragamo belt or that Gucci belt and, and put around your waist. Listen, I, I need somebody to explain to me the logic behind buying a $500 belt. I just need somebody to explain to me why you need $500 around your waist in a belt. Listen, your tax refund, before you put it on those car rims, before you put it in your hair, before you, and, don't, and listen, if you buy something with that, if you buy some hair with that, with that refund or that stimulus check, don't use Gorilla Glue. I'm just asking you, please, don't, don't use Gorilla, I'm just asking, if you don't mind. 
There's a difference between gorilla snot and gorilla glue. I'm just, invest that tax refund. Invest that stimulus money. Invest. Listen, know the worth. Know the worth of your time. Know the worth of your mind. And then know the worth of your soul. Know the worth of your soul, the soul that Jesus died for. The soul that Jesus died to save. The soul that can be rich with joy, peace, and faith that God is able to set you free. Know the worth of your soul. And if you have not accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, the devil is your master. I'm going to show it to you in the Word of God. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the devil is your master. He cares nothing about your soul. He is waiting, he is waiting for your soul so he can torment it forever. And he is the worst slave master we have ever had. Let me say that again. I didn't say that wrong. The devil is the worst slave master we have ever had. All of us served him. All of us served him. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Every pastor, every bishop, every deacon, every church mother, every first lady, every, every mother, every brother, listen, everybody. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to you, to me. In all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And so I close. I close by reminding you of Moses' instructions in today's text. God speaks through Moses and lets a younger generation know. Don't be surprised if, if hard financial times and hard debt that you cannot repay. Don't be surprised if those times come. Slavery may be your only way out, but it is a way out. Slavery may be your only way out, but it is a way out. And today's text is a word to the slave masters. When the time comes for them to be free, let them go. When the, when the date comes for their emancipation, let them go. Of course, if they want to stay because everything is straight and they're good, even though their name ain't on nothing, they, they don't own their own home, they don't, they, they don't own the car that they're driving, they don't, they don't own any, their name, ain't, they can't, their credit is so bad they can't put their name on anything. They don't aspire to turn things around so that they can get stuff in their own name. Listen, if they're straight and they want to stay in that bondage, they have that right. But for slaves who are sick and tired of the slavery and want to get out, the good news in the text is God has designed, has devised a way for you to get out. And you can get out. Set the date. Set the date. Get your stuff. Know your worth.
This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.